and welcome to the. <laughs> hey, hey, us, the the guys, <laughs> the the in general podcast, episode yeah. ninety. We're back. We're back again. Okay, how many times now? We're we're, we're back now. It's, it's gonna so, be it's gonna be stable now. We made our amazing comeback to herds of people applauding, crowds of cheers, whoops, Bigfoot knocking on trees, and that was in 2020, right? How many episodes did we drop out then? During the pandemic, when everyone was abusing the internet, live streaming, everybody was, everybody and their grandmother was streaming. What did we we do? I think, I think we did, uh, (laughs) we had maybe one episode. No, we had a we had a fair few in 2020, but then we suddenly dropped off the face of the earth once again, which is kind of tradition now. Uh, yeah, I think that it would be it'd be almost alarming if it didn't happen every so, every so often. Yeah, I think if the in general was there consistently and you felt safe knowing that there was a new episode coming, um, Word it the wouldn't fun be right. It, yeah, ruins the fun. But we're back. Welcome to the In General Podcast. Uh, my name is Jack, and I'm joined with Christopher James Pugh. Um, I, this is uh, episode 90 of the In General Podcast. His middle name is not James. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't what actually know your middle name. Yeah. He's uh, he's one of those guys that doesn't have it. Actually, his name is Chris. His middle name is Topher. Yeah, no, that that's the truth, the truth of it. My name is not Christopher. It's Chris Topher. Yeah. Like Topher, the guy from uh, Grace show. Topher Grace. Is it Topher Grace? I think. Topher, the guy from... um... Uh, You're talking about uh, the dude that was in uh, uh, Predators? The Smoke... uh, That 70s show. And And, uh, and, uh, and Venom. Wasn't wasn't he Venom? Wasn't uh, Tom Hardy Venom? No, like like, uh, Venom and... Fuck. Uh, The the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh... I think I'm, I genuinely oh, might be yeah. making this up. <laughs> I think he, no, I think he was in that series, but um, this isn't the Spider-Man Outpost, Chris. This is the Jurassic Outpost, and we're here to talk Sp- about Jurassic Sp- Spider Outpost. Um, so Arachnid, you... Arachnid Outpost. I'd never be a part of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would freak me out. Um, we're back, and long story short, there's no real. I mean, there there are many reasons as to why there was a little gap, a little hiatus. One of them. Being, I mean, I was emigrating, so I moved country. We had a lot to set up, and if you've been following any of our work, me and Chris have been a little bit busy doing uh, beyond very, the <laughs> very, very busy. Um, a little yeah, bit yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not been like a, it's not been like a point of negativity or anything that we haven't been keeping up with it. It's literally just been like life is happening, so it's very hard to keep up with the podcast. Yeah. So, like, get off our backs, Jesus Christ, guys, give us a break. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, it's nice to record a podcast. We actually, me and Chris recorded a, um, uh, evolution two trailer teaser trailer breakdown. And, uh, we ended up going for like an hour, an hour and a half. And we just, it, it, it's it pretty much a podcast. Pod. Yeah. It was and sort it just, of like an unofficial episode. Yeah. It reignited that, um, desire to, uh, want a pod and, uh, it, yeah, I mean, you know, here we go. Episode 90. So it, yeah, it was great to talk to you, Chris. Um, and um, I guess, yeah, episode 91 will go through the stuff. Yep. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, you know, catch you next time. This has been in general. Catch you on the flip. We're currently at four minutes. 
<laughs> the shortest episode yet. But uh, it is amazing. After all this time, we have yet to reach episode 100. And I think that is a case of, come on, it's quantity. Nope, it's quality. It's definitely quantity. not quantity. It's definitely not quantity. <laughs> no. Um, I'm curious. We might be able to uh, pound our way there pretty quickly, depending on just how things go, because there seems we to be a lot. Out. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be a lot happening with Jurassic uh, between, you know, Camp Cretaceous, video games, potentially, you know, Jurassic World Evolution 2, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, uh, which yep. we have a lot to talk about today. With. We do. That was a lovely segue, Assis. Um, and that's, that's uh, one person that we miss dearly, Assis who is currently uh, defending our freedom and our rights. and uh, Well, your, your freedom, your rights. My freedom and my rights, yeah. 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 Canadian freedom <laughs> um, Assis will be back. He will be joining us at some point soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dominion. So I don't know if you know this, Chris, but there is a five-minute preview of Dominion currently showing in IMAX theaters. Now, their decision for it to be IMAX only was obviously inspired by the fact that every city, every town, everywhere has an IMAX cinema. So yeah, it let's really, get into this. <laughs> it really does help. Okay, so just prefacing this before we start, just calm down. It, like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. We all have opinions. We all have a view on this. And... Uh, yeah, it probably was not the best way to do it. But at the end of the day, if you are lucky enough to get the chance to see it, it's awesome. You will see it at some point. I do feel bad for the people that probably won't ever get to see it. But so, we're going to get to see Dominion. In theory, all this stuff's going to be in Dominion. Well, I mean, here's the problem. Is the Cretaceous <laughs> period segment of it, and we'll talk a lot more about the footage, as of right now, that's currently not in the film. So this might be the only way to see this on the big screen. Um, some of this footage, this might genuinely be the only way to see it on the big screen. The other thing is, is you know, the the concept of this footage was, oh, let's get people back in the theaters. But if you're tying it, if you're tying it only to IMAX, which are so limited globally, yeah. um, you're not getting people back in the theaters. You're only getting enthusiasts that go to IMAX theaters back in the theaters, and that's yeah. such a small amount of people. So you're not really putting this in front of as many eyes as possible. You're also not adding incentive for as many people to go back and return to theaters so i mean it, it seems like a typical like like oh yeah the idea was there and they completely just failed to stick the landing and then the other thing is is and i'm seeing a lot of it a lot of people i know saw the movie uh fast nine and uh or furious nine uh f9 the fast saga family nine um anyhow <laughs> a lot of people saw that in imax and they're like hey the footage didn't play in front of it and oh, it's, i've seen a bit of that yeah that's you got you got pranked by colin that was, uh, a, that yeah. was a classic prank. It's like part of the new show. It's going to roll through the credits. It's just footage of people going to the cinemas, wanting to see the Dominion preview and not seeing it. And it's their reaction. You know how like they marketed the um, the paranormal activity films with filming people in the cinemas reacting. Oh, to yeah. <laughs> just, just marketing with just pure disappointment. Just like, what the <laughs> no. get to see the scene. Um, yeah, no. And so am I right in thinking? Okay, so. The fact that it's attached to F9 is obviously because Universal Pictures produced those two franchises and yes. because there's a, a crossover um, oh, yeah, yeah, the crossover. Being, being developed and built. Um, a Jurassic Park, Fast and Furious, Family Ties kind of thing. Jurassic Fast. Fast Jurassic, Two Fast. Jurassic, Two Park, you know. Didn't we have an seven, episode of the podcast named that once? Two Jurassic, Two World. Yeah, I think I think it's when Fallen Kingdom got announced or something. <laughs> um, 
but there's going to be a crossover. So that's what we want to talk about today is, um, no, Uh, being with F9, uh, you can have your opinion on F9. That's fine. I, I'm not a fan of the franchise. I love the originals, I, but yeah, I, I couldn't silly goofy movies. But they're universal movies, so it makes sense why it's that. But it should have been, in my opinion, in every cinema mm-hmm. showing F9 because mm-hmm. then not so just many more people would have been able to see it. Yeah, I and still then you have to drive an hour to see it, and yeah, I live I, in a, in a I live in a very, in a like a big city in Canada. And there isn't an IMAX that's not an hour away. So it's kind of like... Yeah, yeah, and on top of that, given the global health situation, I mean, some people, they're like, oh, yeah, I live within a few hours of an IMAX. I could go travel to see it, but it's in a different region than mine, and traveling out of my region is illegal. Now, that's obviously not the case in the United States, but in other countries, places like Australia and whatnot, you're not allowed to go, is it states or a region? I'm not entirely in Australia, sure. you're not allowed to go in your own house. It's crazy that. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, for real. So it is unfortunate that they kind of had such a goofy rollout with this in a situation. I don't know. It's just, it's like, did I don't know if they thought it through. So the question is, is will the footage go online? I don't know if anyone really knows the answer. And I'm of like two minds if whether or not it should or not. If this Cretaceous period footage is going to be placed back into the movie, I don't necessarily think it should be sitting online for a full year. Um, that people can just keep rewatching it and rewatching it and rewatching it, and everyone will see it because it kind of removes the novelty of it, and it's going to kind of feel like old and tired by the time the movie comes around. However, if they do stick to their guns and for whatever reason it's been removed from the movie and it stays out of the movie, then yeah, I hope that they put it online and hope they put it online soon. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's a great tease. It is something that can go happily on YouTube the same way, you know, for example, the first eight minutes i think it was of stranger things was dropped on youtube on the netflix account yeah i mean like i think it's something like before the show came out and it was like before is good it builds you up for it but yeah a week before um, a week before not an entire year that's the thing i'm not saying that you can't have this if it were going to be in the film i can't i'm not saying you can't have it out there but it's way too early for that right now, in my opinion. So I, I do I do understand the concept of maybe like even like why Colin maybe wouldn't want it online at this time because it's like, well, hey, if it's gonna be in the film, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong, me personally, I'd love to be able to watch it in HD and everything along those lines as much as I'd like. I'd love to be able to get screen caps of everything inside of it, but I can understand why that might not happen. It's yeah, just I wouldn't it's not the, the, end of the world sense. if you miss it because Unless, I, unless of course, it changes. Or- it sucks. You wouldn't want to miss that. But many of us, I mean, like, I'm lucky to have, because cinemas in the UK brought it back in, the original film prints and stuff. But many of us haven't seen Jurassic Park in cinemas because we were kids when it came out. Mm-hmm. We were too young. So it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. It sucks. But you're still going to get to see Dominion in cinemas. We have another year to go. And, you know, in theory, some of that footage, if not all of it, is going to be in the movie too. So, But I do understand the frustrations. It sucks, man. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I drove an hour to see it and um, had booked the wrong cinema. So the first night was an utter waste of time. <laughs> we, we were sat in the IMAX in this cinema. We'd gone through all the ticket checks and the COVID checks and like crap. And <laughs> sat in the cinema and I'm like, Come on, man! What's going on? It should be ads by now. We're like twenty minutes in. I was like, went out, and they were like, "There's no IMAX screening today." I was like, "What the fuck? You let us through?" (laughs) That's the funny part. That's the funny part to me is the fact that they like took your tickets and you ended up inside of a theater that just wasn't running, like that it got that far. 
Yeah. We spoke to the manager and I said, like, it's funny. The manager, his favorite movie was Jurassic Park. It was a Cineplex in Canada. So they have, they do, I think most cinemas do that where they have the person's favorite movie on the name tag. Um, Unless his name was just Jurassic Park. That could have been his name. Anyway, the manager, um, (laughs) I was asking, can you, I was like, look, we're here for the Dominion preview. I'm not going to lie. I paid for Fast 9. I'm here for Dominion. Um, Can you just show me the preview quick? You know? Um, showed him my, I was wearing my Jurassic Outpost press hat. So, you know, um, with a little press thing in it that says press, you know, the little piece of paper, like in the old, in the forties, but, uh, in the forties, in the, <laughs> yeah, no, he, IMAX takes a couple of hours to warm up. He's <laughs> like, so we shut her down for the night. So that didn't work out. That was funny. So I, you know, minor frustration there, but it made me laugh more than anything. I found that quite funny. And then I was driving home laughing, thinking, all my, all my friends are seeing it. <laughs> Like you were at the cinema seeing it at that yeah, time. Yeah, that was. I remember checking the messages like in the morning and being like, "Wait, what happened?" <laughs> yeah. So we were lucky enough to go see it the next night, but um, yeah, and, and it is an experience. So I guess I guess let's jump in, man. I mean, like we we knew about the scene because this is one thing that really, cut, I it didn't bother me. It was just it didn't make sense. Is that they gave they showed the preview to all these giant. Uh, you know, news blogs, film blogs, slash film, places like that, which is great. But then these places were allowed to describe the scene in extraordinary in detail. So that's Revealed the thing. The dinosaurs, they sh- there was no like... Uh, there was no surprises, really. Why you, you know, you write about the scene, but don't say what dinosaurs are in it. Or write about the scene, but don't necessarily mention specifics. And it's just, why, do, why were they able to go like shot by shot? <laughs> Yeah, we had literally the day that they announced it, we had an entire breakdown of everything within the footage from multiple different press outlets. And it just sort of makes no sense to me. You think that that would have been timed like, hey, you can have your your very detailed breakdowns once once this footage is out there publicly. Like, you know, uh, what was the what was the official like, what was the date they marketed it as? Um, When did Fast 9 come out in the U.S.? Yeah, whatever it was, I think. It should have been like, hey, that's when you can post your spoiler breakdowns, and then you can have your like kind of teaser articles or whatnot beforehand. But yeah, it was so weird. I was like reading it. I'm like, oh, okay. I just I know exactly what's in the footage now. Entirely. Yeah, and I don't know why they didn't like, give people a chance to go to the cinemas themselves and see it. I almost it, think I understand this. Well, I don't know why this couldn't happen, but man, wouldn't it have been cool if they just didn't announce anything? Ah, uh, no. Nah. Some of the people that went to see Fast Nine were like. There's a like there's one tweet comes out and it's like there's a fucking Dominion video in front of Fast Nine people the viral on that that I I mean I wouldn't surprise me if that was maybe the intentions at a point I mean that's what they wanted to do with Big Rock at a point you know after uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane did its thing everyone wanted to mimic and do that but ultimately I think something with like Jurassic I think it makes more sense to tell fans in advance so that they don't because otherwise people would be sat at home and going like well what the fuck I could have went and watched it but yeah. I don't like these Fast and the Furious movies because they haven't been good for three films and also let me just flat out say Fast 9 really not good I mean like I've enjoyed some of the silliness of like those past Fast and the Furious films mm. but uh, uh, my goodness it was not good well, it was uh, Fast 9 I thought it was it pretty was, much on par with like oh i thought it was um, yeah it, it was just not good uh yeah no i had, I had a good time i was a little bit blazed but i i don't i it it was okay 
You know, it was it was uh, it was what it was. It's absolutely nothing like the original. Fast it, and no, it takes itself <laughs> too seriously, though, for how ridiculous it is. So, like yes. every scene, yes. every scene that Vin Diesel was in, it's like he thinks these movies are super serious, and then it's like they take the internet memeing the family stuff as like the internet loving the family stuff. Not so. It, yeah. it takes it. Yeah, like they're being made fun of for like how silly. But it's all about family. But the problem is, is the movie doesn't realize that it's like a joke. Like it's really melodramatic and it just was such a slog to get through. There is this crazy violent fight scene with Vin Diesel that goes on way too long, um, which is like hyper violent and then like has a lot of slow motions, slow motion moments where like somebody's at a door and like she never leaves the door. And it's just, it's, I don't know. The whole movie is just ridiculous, but not always when it's ridiculous in a ridiculous way. I enjoy it. Like when it's funny and silly, yeah. I enjoy it. But when it's like, like, Honestly, anything with Vin Diesel in that movie just wasn't good, and I'm I don't just and I don't like I don't necessarily dislike him, but it's like he wants these movies to be something that they're not, and it just felt like studio notes the movie. Anyhow, we're not here to talk about that, but my god, like it was sort of nerve wracking watching that and kind of like feeling like like you could almost feel like where the studio notes had come from, where like what marketing things are trying to yeah. even, even like had a minions mention. It's sort of scary when you like you know like a the way movie studios can sometimes have a lot of eh, you know they have a lot riding on these big tentpole films and when you can see it that obviously and then you got something like jurassic coming out sometimes it's like is nerve-wracking um given jurassic's never felt like studio notes the movies and curious fast and furious movies have for a little while so i don't know i was just like there's a part of me that was like oh this is like a little (laughs) nerve-wracking yeah i know what you mean uh it was it was strange it was nothing like the original fast and furious movies the franchise has gone crazy uh, i mean they even end up in space at one point and it's 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 funny but it's also kind of like well see i like those moments more than i liked anything that funny, took- but they're played out in this reality of the movie and you're just like, oh my god they're in a fucking car <laughs> it doesn't work but you gotta it works it works more than for that movie it works more than the times the movie tries to take itself seriously, though, in yes, my opinion. I agree with that. Um, did you see that meme with, you know, the, well, obviously there's all these memes going around, you know, nothing stronger than family and all the shit. But there's the one with the T-Rex and they're like, Dom, what are you doing? And he's like, a T-Rex is strong, but not as strong as family. And it's the scene on the, you know, the T-Rex breakout scene. <laughs> and he's like stood there in the rain with a gun. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, I've seen it. I've wanted to follow that up with uh, the uh, two Tyrannosaurus from the Lost World eating Eddie, but like uh, Photoshop it as uh, Dom. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, hey, nothing stronger than family. So two ty- a Tyrannosaur family. Sorry, buddy, but the uh, that's the family that wins. That's true. That's some 40 chess right there. You got him. So um, did you see that F9 star... Chris Ludacris Bridges has responded um, to fans or to calls by fans for a crossover between Fast and Furious and Jurassic World. He thinks the idea is ridiculous. Oh, see, I like him. <laughs> he thinks it's ludicrous. He was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. Look, they surprised me in this franchise with a lot of things of how we continue to top ourselves. But nowhere in my right mind do I see Jurassic World and Fast and the Furious coming together. Maybe they've got to convince me, but I just don't see it. That's ludicrous, pun intended, for sure. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, you know, what's funny is I don't find it that out of line for the Fast and the Furious movies. It's for the Jurassic. It's like, whatever, Fast and the Furious movies, at this point, if they're like, yeah, there's dinosaurs, like it's like, okay, cool. I, I can accept it in those movies. 
Well, yeah, I can't accept location in the world. Well, yeah, they would they yeah. end up on a mission on his yeah. I don't know. It shit. just but, uh, just it, God, it, it better never happen. Yeah, no, I think it. I think the Jurassic Park Jurassic World franchise right now is is kind of on a tightrope, and it could go down that blockbuster route and just become the silly thing that people are trying to push it into. Yeah, well, it's it can, the only people that like Count Cretaceous that tries to pull it back a little bit, and then in season two pushes it back over the other side, and then, and then, and then season three, and then it comes right back home. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's like trying to ground it in some form of reality, or it just goes the other side and goes to Fast and Furious, and they do a crossover, and it it, it becomes... And then this franchise yeah, is extinct. It is. But let's let's talk about this scene. So Fast Nine, uh, whatever. But this scene plays almost without warning. Um, it does. It almost. There's a part where you're like, "Are they not playing the Dominion preview?" Oh, movie? you said they showed the IMAX introductions before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was like basically, and now your feature film, and then like it did like the IMAX countdowns and everything. And then the Dominion preview started playing, but because it opens like in a vague way that you don't know there's dinosaurs or anything, at first I was like, did they? Did we just not get the footage? And then yeah. then you realize, oh, there's dinosaurs. This is the footage? But then you could tell that my theater was sort of confused, where they're like, wait, is this meme happening? And then <laughs> there was like a lot of like audible confusion of like people thinking they're in the wrong movie and stuff like that. It was kind of funny. Like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have give, given uh, theaters the option uh, to choose where it goes. But in, no, they, uh, they should have. It, it was before. It's it after a load of trailers and stuff, and then it was before, like, your feature IMAX. Welcome to IMAX. That it should have at least had something, and now, like, an exclusive preview of an upcoming 2022 film. Something like that, so people knew as a preview. Um, and I don't know. Anyhow. Yeah. But it was fun. So it opens on the island of Socotra, right? Which is where uh, I mean, that, that is of Dominion. That is, yeah, that is where they filmed. I don't think that that's where it's, that's not where it is, like, fictionally um, said. It's, so the scene is set 65 million years ago, which, I don't know if you know this, Chris, humans weren't around then. So Uh there were dinosaurs. And the scene opens, and it was filmed in Socotra. And I can't remember exactly what it opens on, like, um, just that kind of a landscape shot. It's dusk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, sort of dusky, you know, we're in golden hour, there's some mountains, sun setting. It's sort of beautiful. I think there's some trees. It's got like this. Yeah, it's just those very, those dragon blood trees, I think they're called. Um, it, it just immediately looks very stunning and beautiful. Yeah. And then there's a fake out, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but the fake out is from the novel. Um, it, yeah, it's from the or novel. It from it's, or it's from the original movie. They didn't film it where Grant mistakes the brachiosaur leg as a tree trunk before you realize, oh my God, it's yeah, a dinosaur leg. You're on it, eh? And then he realizes it's a... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so it happens in, in this, except he's not... It's not Grant. Grant's not it, urinating on no. it. It's actually a, a mosquito. Um, no, not a mosquito. It's like a grasshopper, a cicada, some, a locust, something along those lines <laughs> yeah. that lands yeah, on right. the leg of a dreadnoughtus. Of course, you don't... Well... I think that you can tell it's a leg, but it's sort of like you don't fully realize it's a leg until the camera pans and then the animal starts moving. Yeah, it starts like moving through the mud of Socotra or whatever this land is supposed to represent. Yeah. And I think it kind of reveals like a herd of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they're by a, by a lake or a river or something along those lines. And these are dreadnoughtus. Yes, they are dreadnoughtus. And it's, it's cool. It's a really beautiful scene. Uh, 
their designs are pretty damn accurate as far as I can tell. Um, it's cool. Some of them are actually standing in the water and it's just, these animals are Titanic. They are larger than, I would say they're like larger than even the, the Mementis. I don't know how to say it, but the Mementisaurus or whatever. Um, in the the world, long neck, yeah, right? definitely larger than the Brachiosaurus. These things are huge. Um, yeah. So they're standing on this landscape that kind of reminds me of like Skull Island when, um, when he comes out in the lake and washes himself, it's got oh, that yeah. kind of la- large, wide open. Behemoth. I was just gonna say it. This whole thing feels like Planet Earth. Yeah, it does. It's it's clear Colin had like a goal and intention with this scene to make it feel like you're a fly on the wall. Or hang on, a mosquito on a dinosaur. Come on, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. Um, <laughs> God's sake. But yeah, so it. It kind of shows you this landscape. I can't remember exactly what happens, but um, some pteranodons it, are, are there. Yeah, so the camera then pans, and uh, the Quetzalcoatlets fly as a like kind of flock of pteranodons are taking off from the water, and they're so small that they look like birds, but they're not small. They just look small compared to the Dreadnoughtus and the Quetzalcoatlets, which just towers over them. And a Quetzalcoatlets comes in and it soars in and it lands next to like the corpse of something that some pteranodons are on. And then there's some other Quetzalcoatlets behind it. Um, yeah, they look, can, um, they look fake. They look like some sort of like horror movie-esque <laughs> thing. You know, this giant flying bipedal it's, almost. <laughs> it it's looks- really, that's what's really striking about the Quetz is it's such a unique looking, um, weird looking animal. And in fact, they actually to make them look a little bit more natural to like people, they gave them larger wings in dominion than they have in real life. So they would even look like almost faker, if that makes sense in, uh, in reality. Wow. But uh, these are, these designs are very accurate all the same, even though there are some changes there, I would say the tail is probably way too long and it's droopiness is a little weird. And uh, the wings are a little too big, but otherwise these are strikingly great looking. Okay, um, hang on. Let me just draft a tweet to Steve just to tell him how wrong you got <laughs> um, it. Steve. <laughs> um, so what's cool is they're they're completely covered in fino fibers, um, which are you know people might mistake them as feathers, but they're like fur. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Completely covered in them. They've got these like long, these long sort of pointed curved orange beaks they've got these blue crests atop their head uh their skin seems their fur fur i even called it fur the final fibers seem to be like a whitish gray color um and the animation i mean ilm have have really upped their game here i think that's one thing i tweeted was the scene as a whole is a huge improvement over the first two movies and and for the first time just mean um the vfx i don't just mean the cg dinosaurs as a whole it feels Wait. The camera work, the camera work, but for the first time, the dinosaurs actually, I believe them as real living things within the frame in the Jurassic World films. That's something that I don't think the Jurassic World films have has done a good job with. Um, no, I think the way it lands the, as well. It just reminds me. The so animation much of the, is on another level. Yeah, it reminds me of the you know the final shot in the Lost World where the um, the the Lost World Tyrannodon ends up landing on the tree, and that's kind of reminds me of how this Ketso 
what is it? Quetzalcoatlus. Yes. Except for this one actually has proper anatomy and skeletal structure and whatnot, whereas the Lost World Pteranodon, as much as I love it, uh, that the way that it lands and everything like that, that's so off. But it, it's very natural. So taking the realism out of it, it's just also very naturalistic. They seem very uh, like motivated the way animals would be motivated. They, they're acting like animals, taking like the realism of like even the fact that the anatomy is correct as well. It just yeah. also just the 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 way they move and the decisions they're making as animals seems informed and natural and everything about this it's like wow they remembered how to make me feel awe-inspired by dinosaurs again which is something that i feel like the jurassic world films have just completely missed the note on is the fact that these things should be awe-inspiring and they could be scary as well and i hope that the i know that this scene's supposed to be its own thing but i hope that it's like a i hope it shows us the way the dinosaurs will be treated within the film because if they're like this, then you get these scenes where then people have to interact with it and then things can go awry. The movie's just going to be something very, very special. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it just, you're right. It just seems so natural. They seem so, I just remember them being just, it just, yeah, it felt like planet Earth. Like you were just watching yeah. realism. Um, so after you see the Ketso, um where do we go from there? There's a, is it an ankylosaur? You see some ankylosaurs, or was it the other shot? Because there was this really cool bit where oh, yeah. it seems more tropical, and you go, "Is it? Uh, was it?" So you, you go to the ankylosaurs. I have the shot list in front of me. I have everything oh, written down. Okay. Yeah, I, I did my so uh, like did an my reveal so you, right. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So here's the thing that's really interesting about this footage, and we can talk a little bit more in detail about this afterwards. Of like, hey, what does this footage do well? Maybe where is it a little confusing? But the Jurassic World ankylosaurs—they're not like realistic. Um, they're not the the way like the weird the way the bony plates are, the way they're armored, their body shape, everything like that. That's actually just not the way ankylosaurs look. Um, so it's a little weird suddenly seeing these ankylosaurs uh, looking true to their Jurassic World selves, and that's the same with the pteranodons, which we saw prior and after to this. Is it's a little strange um, that they're just they're we're supposed to be sixty five million years in the past, and some of these animals are going to look different in the footage, and then some aren't, and it just there seems to be no clear while there's definitely clear direction on how the scene was filmed and how the animals move and animate in the mood it's supposed to showcase what we're actually seeing on screen doesn't seem to have much clear direction. Like I'm not exactly honestly, I just kind of wish this footage was modern day. I could buy it as modern day outside of obviously. So you're saying the Ankylos that are in the scene are the ones that are in Jurassic world. Like, yes model the design yeah they're they're the design from jurassic world which wouldn't be so much a problem if that wasn't so so untrue to nature and we could talk a little bit more about we could talk a little bit more about like hey what why is that something that we care about and whatnot towards the end of this footage but like we could do the sure. footage breakdown first yeah, before yeah we get okay. into the but i do want to say it's a beautiful shot the way that it drinks the water the way the water um way it snorts the water comes out of it everything about this shot is just freaking gorgeous a fly lands on it it's um yeah i don't know it's uh this footage is really really beautiful yeah and then we cut to there's like rocky, there's rocky cliffs with like all the trees and whatnot in the background yeah. and the pteranodons are standing there um, is that like a nest what would you call this uh, region it's like the water through the like 
well, this mean, is like what is this? This, is, this looks like the nesting grounds that like the kind of the seaside cliffs. In this case, it's riverside cliffs, I guess, uh, for the pteranodons. But it's super cool because for one thing, their colors, that. their colors seem to be a little different than Jurassic World where they're like a little lighter. Um, so there's like, like they're not as contrasty. Uh, some have, they, it seems like they brought back the multicolor ones from Jurassic World where uh, they're like, uh, you know, in Jurassic World, how the Trandons had like their red ones and blue ones and green ones. Like uh, most were red, but they're yeah. I remember colors. it being. I remember it having red, red. And Crawley Kingdom, they're all the same color, but uh, they brought them back. So what's going on with what's really interesting about this is even though it's the Jurassic World design, it looks a lot better here. It looks a lot more naturalistic, and I honestly believe I can't tell if the beak was curved a little bit more but i honestly believe it also has a lot to do with their standing properly like the way that their their skin membranes and everything work like this the wings are now in proper position they're no longer like drooped out like downward they no longer look sickly so it's actually like hey these look really good now and that actually just might be a change that will be reflected in the rest of the movie um, the, com- the composition is really nice. Everything they seem way blended into the scene. They're not this big focus. The lighting yeah. is dynamic enough that you're it, it, most of the time they're cast in shadow. Yeah, and, and it's it just one really of the things though. It's like sell the effect. They stand. They stand more correctly. They act more naturalistically. Um, I almost want to say that the render is different. So like the bony plates on their face look more fleshy rather than like these big armored plates. So everything about it. There's a lot of like little subtle nuances that are slightly different here. That, yeah, while I do wish that they would have showcased, like, much more, hey, this would have been cool if they were covered in fino fibers, and maybe some would have long crests and some would have short crests. Um, again, it's a little weird seeing just, like, the film designs here, and it's supposed to be 65 million years ago. Um, but something about <laughs> them at the same time does look better than the Jurassic World Pteranodons have ever looked. Like, I've never liked them, and then I do like them here in this sequence. Yeah, I think it's just the way they're implemented, the way they're... Well, there's there's some design there's some design nuance changes again like the anatomy the way that they hold their bodies are entirely different they no longer have their wings drooping downward they're like in the proper anatomical poses yeah the colors um and i love the fact that one jumps dives into the water to, oh uh, it does fish. yeah so yeah. you have their the nests right they look yeah. like little nests that they've kind of built into the cliff face yeah uh, and then and they're, they're actually like across each other hunt, in the river hunting for food in the water as they would Okay, interesting. Joined by the Spinosaurus. No <laughs> um, and then this is where it gets insanely inaccurate. And if you, I, this is where I'm going to load up my Twitter account and get an at Steve Bruce. What's his name? Brushat. Brusetti. Brusetti. Yeah, I'm going to get. I'm going to get a tweet ready. Hate tweet. Hate filled. Rage filled tweet ready for. Steve, a- why did you do it? Why did you do it, Steve? <laughs> why did you do it, Steve? Um, yeah. So this is where we see the. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I probably am wrong, but the Diplodocus. You're definitely wrong. Oh. Which one is it? <laughs> I'm talking about the, the Oviraptor. Oviraptor, that's it. What's the difference um, between that and a Diplodocus? What's well, a Diplodocus? What, uh, like an Apatosaurus. Okay, yeah, definitely not that then. <laughs> um, or I like to believe... So this could be an Oviraptor, this could be... I don't know, at this point... So if we're supposed to assume that all these scenes all these scenes play out in the same time period, it gets super confusing. But I can accept this as different parts of the world in different time periods, because we don't see most of these animals interacting, and each of their environments seem unique enough. So, yeah, this could be an Oviraptor. Originally, when the footage was described, I was like, eh, it shouldn't be an Oviraptor, it should be an Anzu. 
But um, yeah, let's, we'll call it an over raptor. But anyhow, it is um mostly fully feathered, except for it's it doesn't have like fully feathered wings. But it's this really cool. So design. we've seen we've seen phenophobus so far. This is the first time we're seeing a feathered boy, right? Uh, yeah, feathers in action. Yeah, and you got these really cool, nice like floofy wings, not wings, floofy feathers on the tail. It's got this like Love whitish that, gray yeah. body with these like sort of two black vertical stripes going down or horizontal stripes going down its body. Um. It animated it, i remember it, it animates like a chicken man it it the way it animates is so cool because it feels proper dinosaur yet it mm. also feels like proper real uh it's it's i it's interesting it's, to me it's, it's fascinating so, it's creepy almost mm. i i think that it's kind of i don't know once again it just shows you i would love to see these things like interacting with like people and whatnot yeah like yeah. there's it's it, believable um, it reminds me of the uh, Monolophosaurus and the way that acted in Camp Cretaceous. Yeah. You know, how it like bolts really quickly, almost it lizard-like just... and can freeze. Like a yeah. bird, like how when you watch a chicken, it can be completely still and frozen. That is and then around. sort of weirdly twitchy and then still and this twitchy, sort of like yeah, nuancy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a really, really cool looking thing. Twitching and I love the with way... style. This is this is one of the reasons why I want this footage to be released in HD because I'd love just to see what that design looks like and be able to like kind of pour over it in HD because like the way that like what you're able to see in that scene looked so cool. Now there are some weird things with it like it, they're using a very old school interpretation of oviraptors. You know when oviraptors were found with eggs, they originally thought that they were stealing the eggs. They never thought that they would be like actually like the old the old opinion. A dinosaur surrounded by eggs. <laughs> It must be they, stealing them. It must be stealing them. Yeah, because you know everyone thought dinosaurs weren't social animals. They saw them as these very like brutal, like basic, unintelligent creatures that wouldn't have like social structures and whatnot. It's like okay, no, we know they were brooding on their nests. So this scene would have been a little bit better, in my opinion, if we would have had an oviraptor sitting on a nest, um, or like come to sit on its nest or something, or maybe even poking at like a lizard around its nest. Um, yeah, just clearing so, the area around the nest, making sure there's no shit. So again, um, and also its hands are very direct. It's weird because they went out of their way, to, and we could talk about this a little bit later, but they went out of the way to change the hands of the T-Rex to be scientifically accurate, even for the modern day T-Rex. So it's weird that this has like Jurassic Park bunny hands um, instead of like proper like wing wings, if that makes would sense. It have like, had, yeah, would it have had wings? Yeah, well, like, at the very least, like, the, the hands wouldn't be like curled inward and down. They'd be like sort of turned to the side and okay. like splayed out. Yeah, so even yeah. even if it weren't wings, it would just be in a completely different like pose. I'm fine without the wings. All the same, the way this I'm thing moves. I'm just taking moves, notes, man. I'm just getting stuff ready for my Steve. The tweet. way this thing moves, yeah, your your Steve tweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the way this thing moves, though, is one of my. It makes it one of my favorite sequences. It's just so believable. Yeah. It Anyhow. definitely feels like a chicken or or some yeah. form of tasty bird. You know. Yeah. yeah t- mm, mm. It's not a turkey. Chicken race. Not a turkey. <laughs> um, so the uh, Diplodocus, or as some refer to it, the Oviraptor, uh, uh, it, it bolt smashes its head, face it, beat. Yeah. It, is it a beat? I, I do like that. And to be fair. It's very possible these animals would eat eggs. It's just when you're only highlighting one moment and one scene, it's creating the interpretation. Like it's kind of sort of like putting the focus on that very old school thing. A lot of people still think of Oviraptors as egg thieves, which is why I'd rather have been sitting on a nest. You know what I mean? It just it sort of feels like yeah, hey, this thing probably still has a nest somewhere, but it's just sort of weird to show it that way. All the yeah. same though, it's brutal not though. Entirely... It goes into yeah, it goes into the egg and and eats some baby. 
Yeah, it eats a little baby, and then we hear something growl. It's a call to Hollywood. Um, yeah, and then it growls, and the oviraptor kind of freaks out ready. a little bit, has a little jitter. Yeah, it gets ready to bolt, and uh, then we cut to the yeah. Nasutoceratops herd. I mean, ILM have obviously animated feathers before for various other projects, right? Um, but um, seriously, the, the addition of feathers in this sequence, if you're lucky enough to have seen the scene, God, it works. And I am, I am incredibly anti-feather. I'm, yeah, I, um, so that's what I, I was going to ask you. Feathers, uh, I don't actually believe in them. They're not real. Yeah, they're um, like to you, birds are naked. Birds are naked. Yeah, and if I see one with feathers, then I must be dreaming. It's, it's, I don't it's know. Part of the deep conspiracy. Um, <laughs> no, I, I guess that is a good question, though. Now that you've seen like feathers on a dinosaur in a Jurassic World film, alongside like unfeathered animals, like do you find that like, hey, these things can coexist and look both can look cool on screen? Yes, I think the oviraptor was a seller on that. I think phenofiber introductions in various species so far has helped make it yeah. less like, oh, they're just lizard skin. <clears throat> I think the franchise can successfully do it and and without any disruption um, by literally using the in-gen dinosaurs used frog DNA and it just kind of yeah. wiped the feather aspect from those dinosaurs so they're different. So if another company 25 years plus on from that breeds dinosaurs, the technology is better. The science is better. Maybe the uh, resources that they can use are better. Maybe they don't have to use a frog. Um, it would make sense to introduce some new dinosaurs. And I think I can accept that. While I don't like the, I, I always love the Jurassic Park dinosaurs, you know, for yeah, yeah. because being a Jurassic fan over a dinosaur fan, etc. But yeah, that these guys look cool. The I think Obi-Raptor what sells looks it, cool. I, I think what sells it is the animation. Terrifying, yeah. I think the animation reminds us like it's so believable, yet it's so odd. Looking at an animal, it's like man, it moves just like a chicken and sort of like a lizard. But this thing's so weird. Like it just reminds you that dinosaurs are really weird and really fascinating. Like man, I would love to see like our characters walking through a jungle with those things sort of like bobbing around and like there's like a lot of cool sequences but also another thing to remember hey plenty of dinosaurs weren't feathered for real like a lot of real dinosaurs weren't feathered so there's always good like it's not even inaccurate to have like dinosaurs that are more reptilian in terms of their skin structure and i don't just mean like you know uh like quadrupeds like we, we could have you know things like carnotaurus was most likely would never have feathers so um yeah i don't know i i guess burned (laughs) poor toro um, <laughs> it was always getting burned and set alight. Uh, um, no, I think this scene, I obviously the whole movie, you know, they might feather up a dinosaur that we know and love and everybody might hate. You know, they might bring out a feather. If they retcon a design, if they retcon a design, I think that people would be pretty frustrated. But if they bring in a new species or a new design that can live alongside the old designs, I'm totally for it. And yeah, I, yeah. I think that it can be a lot of fun. I think what really is going to matter, though, is if they can continue to make it feel naturalistic like this sequence, because there's no reason why naturalistic does, shouldn't work in modern day. No. So I think, yeah, so I'm, I'm especially the way this intro scene has been shot, and obviously we'll get to it, but the stuff that comes after it, I'm totally down for feathers, because if they're going to shoot these dinosaurs properly and not blast them with light and not show them in the middle of a daylight sun scene, obviously some scenes that works, but you know what I mean? Actually implementing these dinosaurs right like they've done in this scene, then it, feathers aren't going to bother me. They look cool here. This yeah. Oviraptor looks awesome. And the way it, the, te- the feathers on the tail reacts to its movements and the way it jitters and shakes and you see all the feathers animating. 
dude, give us dinosaurs we've not seen before. Give us new dinosaurs with feathers. Freak the audience out. Freak the people in the scene out. I'm down. Yeah, I think it could be really cool. And, and keep keep that awe. Uh, bring back the awe in the modern day as well. Like that, you know, dinosaurs should be awe inspiring when they're not dangerous. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the same thing of like going to like seeing herds of animals and like you know anywhere in the world. When they're not dangerous, they're awe-inspiring. But then if you're caught in the middle of a stampede, it's suddenly scary. If you see bears in the distance, they're, they're awe-inspiring. But if a bear is attacking you, it's scary. The problem is, is it seems like these films have forgotten that these animals – like they want, you to, they want you to want to save the dinosaurs. Fallen Kingdom shows us that. We're supposed to you know, care about the dinosaurs. But the problem is, is up until now, I feel like the Jurassic World films have not done a great job of reminding us that they're animals and actually just making these things feel magical and awe-inspiring to the viewer. Yeah. And so not just I think, like the odd moment, you know, the apatosaur dying and like having one. Yeah, but that, again, moment. those are not been, like, just one moment. It's got to be throughout. It's got to be consistent. Yeah. Keep us awed like, by even these when things. when they're at threats, you know, it's not just the T-Rex. It should be magnificent. Kills Mills because it's like, but Why? You know, yeah like, it doesn't make sense so yeah i feel like they've learned a lot as well on this the way that these animals move the way they're put in the frame everything like that is just wonderful and i think like the next scene with the nasuchoceratops is a perfect example of this that might be one yes. of my little favorite scenes so we after do you hear the roar right and the oviraptor like freaks out but then it cuts to um <laughs> The Triceratops? No, it's the uh, it's the Nasuta, right? Yeah, the Nasuta Ceratops, which was interesting. Uh, uh, big rock. I uh, it's a herd of them. Is it the a same huge herd as in uh, BABR? Uh, as far as I know, BABR. <laughs> let's call it that from now. As far as I know, it is. It looks like there's both the females and the males uh, from Battle of Big Rock. They seem to have like the grayish skin with some of like the subtle orange markings. Um, uh, you know, what's cool is like one of them looks like it has a broken horn in the footage, which is really interesting. Uh, it's like one of the males seems to have a broken horn. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I, just, a, I, I, um, I didn't notice that when I saw and it. And then there's, um, there's like, you know, they're playing in the water and everything like that. And I think the shot's just beautiful. This huge herd kicking up dust as they migrate. Um, and just going off into this beautiful, beautiful distance. Of just... I think that's one thing. Yeah, Colin has, um, he really has shot this like planet Earth. The cameras just yeah. loom and let it play out. It they makes... just kind of pan slowly. It's not even just that the environments are looking better than ever. Like I, they yeah. look like places I want to adventure. Like I want to go yes. there. I want to explore that. I want to be, or I want to spend a movie being chased by dinosaurs there or something like that. Cause it's gorgeous. In and a, so I, a, I yeah. hope the movie, I hope this is indicative of what the rest of the movie will look like because I hope this isn't like one of those things where like the first five minutes of Fallen Kingdom were so fantastic and then everything after that was sort of like downhill. And then Dude, if they make that different... same mistake, because <laughs> if that's the case, they should not have released this scene if this is going to be the opening too. Because no. uh, yeah, Fallen Kingdom starts so strong. You remember when we came out of that cinema? We're like, oh, that movie is going to be we were like, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I... Obviously, things are going to be different during modern day. There's going to be so many differences. But nonetheless, I just hope that the motivation behind the scenes, the way they film things, um, I hope that we're. I hope that this is indicative of a new direction where, yeah, like we remember that dinosaurs are animals and this, just like the way that this Nasuto is rolling around in the water and everything like that. It's just everything about that scene is just gorgeous. It's something that I would love to have in HD and I'd love to have like framed on my wall even. It's just, it's beautiful. 
Yeah, they've they've created something special with this scene, and naturally, yeah. you know, there's there's a reason why it's come out. Promote the movie, get people back in cinemas, and it, it's a good idea. So after that scene, we, if I remember correctly, we cut to the uh, basically the the screenshot that was shared. Yeah, the Morris Intrepidus. Yeah, which is a uh, it's a uh, would you call it a breed of T-Rex, or would you say it's it, it's, a, a, it's, a, it's related to Tyrant? It's a Tyrannosaurid, so it is okay. not a breed of T-Rex, but it's a Tyrannosaurid. It should be about deer size, so this might be a juvenile Morris Intrepidus. Yeah, okay, um, and it's um, it, you can see the famous Cotra trees in the background there. The um, yeah, not monkey puzzle. They're like whatever those trees uh, dragon are. blood or whatever. Very weird looking trees, and it is poking. It, it's it's like kind eating of, the filth from inside the Giganotosaurus's uh, teeth. We've all been there, man. But uh, it's uh, it's just kind of going at this big open jaw, which you don't know if it's dead or not, right? Because it's just lying on the ground. Yeah, it's, it's just sort of like, tongue. what's... Yeah, <laughs> and then you see, oh, okay. Then like you kind of hear, I think you hear it growl or whatnot, and the Morris runs away, and then... The it's animal is also standard. a feathered. It's not phenofibers, right? That's feathers. no, that is feathers. Yeah, that is feathers. Yeah. So that was another one, but uh, a lot less feathers than um, the previous, the oviraptor. Yeah, the types of feathers are very different. You know, these are like yeah. those more hair-like downy feathers, um, rather than like the more flight type of feathers. So if I remember correctly, the giant jaws begin to raise up. Um, and they look a little godzillary here. Uh, yeah. There's- definitely a little come up he's so it's obviously been lying down and then you see uh yeah, oh is that uh <laughs> it's camp cretaceous no uh, no it's not no it's not an iranosaurus this is an iguanodon it's randomly there's apparently an iguanodon which is just grazing right next to a giganotosaurus and then the giganotosaurus stands up and the iguanodon is some suddenly like huh which is weird to me. Where have you come from? I, like, it's so... The Iguanodon in this sequence is so randomly placed that, like, it, it actually distracts from the sequence. It's a tad like, out of place, isn't it? It's I don't, very I don't out of place. It's just a shadow. Everything... A shadow rising on the ground. Or, like, smaller... Anything maybe small, like more Morris Intrepidus's, or, like, more, like, bird-like dinosaurs that scatter. Something not, like, a big prey... Di- like, a big... Guanodons are big animals, and I don't know. This is just—it's a really weird choice. It's like they just decided they wanted a guanodon, didn't know where to put it, and they did it in such an awkward way that it distracts from the scene. It's like all the footage to me felt very natural and perfect, and then this—this this whole sequence feels a little clumsy. Yeah. So we have um, the first real view of the Giganotosaurus, which we knew about since Sam Neil spoiled the. <laughs> introduction of that dinosaur um don't know if that was supposed to be a surprise for dominion but it is the new big bad big boy big giganotosaurus dinosaur big non-hybrid but so what's unfortunate what's unfortunate is that they didn't tell if samuel didn't spoil giganotosaurus and they didn't tell us this is a giganotosaurus nobody would know this was a giganotosaurus for multiple okay, so, reasons all right so the design Act doesn't steve the design doesn't look like a Giganotosaurus. Um, it just doesn't look natural. So, like, all everything looks so natural in this footage, and then there's just this monster out of nowhere. Um, what the fuck, Steve? Yeah, damn it, Steve. God Why'd you do it, Steve? Steve? 
we encourage everybody listening to tweet at Steve the hatred for him and the hatred for this scene. But seriously, no, the Jiggernauts don't do that. The Jiggernautosaurus, um, <laughs> you, you already did. <laughs> just stop. No, the Jiggernautosaurus, uh, from memory, just reminded me of Godzilla. Um, like yeah, it's very Godzilla, which is actually, I think, a call out we had uh, when it came out on the packaging. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, when we saw that, like uh, that skull thing on packaging, we we're like, this yeah. looks very Zilla esque. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just so it's a shame because all these designs and everything about the sequence is so beautiful, and then it sort of falls apart during this moment. And if if you ask me, um, so then why is the team armored so much. I remember being, I remember wondering why it has like armor all over its back. It's it because they they wanted to distinguish it from a T-Rex and okay. they did it in the most generic in just in the most generic way possible. And the other issue is, is like almost all the new big carnivorous dinosaurs in the Jurassic world films are like crocodilian inspired. You know, you have the Baryonyx, very crocodilian. You have the Indominus Rex, very crocodilian. Um, you have the Allosaurus and battle of big rock. Once again, very crocodilian. It's like, my God, show us something new. The Giganotosaurus for me is definitely a really big disappointment. I'm not a fan of the design. Fair enough. Um, uh, I think it's it, yeah, it, it's definitely where it doesn't look, It looks like a. It just doesn't look like it's out of a Jurassic Park film. It Jurassic feels Park, placed in this sequence after the the sort of run up that you've had, even with the Jurassic World designs on the first couple of dinosaurs, they still they felt in place. You you even said the Tyrannodons just feel right now. Same yeah. design minor changes but feels right but yeah this one stands out and not in the best way but no even it's, I'm, it's I'm not, i don't know dinosaurs so well so i kind of look at it the only thing i'm looking at is like the armor just seems way too there's too much like of this armory stuff on the top that it makes it look like a monster from a kaiju movie yeah it's just it's just and it's generic looking i don't know like the Jurassic Park dinosaurs too as well after i saw the scene and was like but why do they fight? <laughs> so, yeah, well, so the the Giga, the Giga, it raises up, and then the other dinosaur that was there, the Iguanodon, just sort of scampers off because there's a T Rex coming up directly behind it. So not only was this Iguanodon remarkably close to a Giganotosaurus, <laughs> it was it was also right in between a T Rex as well. It's just it's That's so the, the Iguanodon is so out of place in this I sequence. Just remember, yeah, I just remember messaging you or the or the outpost group or something and just saying, but but why do they fight? There's no build up whatsoever. They just start fighting, and yeah. maybe I, again, I'm not I'm not Steve. I don't, I'm not a paleontologist. Um, maybe they did do this, but come on. Well, well, Where's they did the not do up? this because they just fight for fun. <laughs> no, they didn't fight for fun. Was um, Giga like taking a nap in the T-Rex territory in the Guantanamo well, too? Like, I'd maybe. like, maybe, maybe I have no idea. I mean, okay, so I mean, we need to talk a little bit about T-Rex and Giganotosaurus and what time periods they're from and whatnot. They are separated by 30 million years and on two different continents. They would have never met. It would have been impossible to meet. If you keep in mind, there's 65 million years between us and the time of the dinosaurs. There was 30 million years between these species. That puts it in perspective of how much time there was between them. It's almost, you know, it's about half the amount half the amount of time as it was between us and dinosaurs i mean mankind evolved from primates primates in that amount of time so it's like one of those things it's like it's so 
silly slapping them together. And especially the films have told us up to this point, Hey, no, the fossil record's real. I mean, Colin went on record to say that he got rid of the Malasaurus and did the Indominus Rex as a hybrid because he didn't want to fuck with the fossil record. And then this comes out and it's completely fucking with the fossil record. I don't know. And the whole reasoning is that he's like, Hey, I wanted to set up a grudge match, but we've never had to have a reason for the T-Rex to fight things in these films. So I just, I don't really understand what this, what this, all this does is convolute things. It's not, this part isn't very well shot and it just convolutes things like this part is sort of where a little bit of this footage just sort of loses. It's like, like the novelty factor of this being real and a real like depiction of like, Hey, this is what dinosaurs are really like falls apart right here. So it's sort of like, well, what was the purpose of this footage? Like what is it achieving? What isn't it achieving? I don't know this whole, I, if the footage hits the film, I'd love if they can maybe do it and maybe re redo the part with the Giganotosaurus and T-Rex and change it into something different during this whole segment, because this part's pretty weak. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing about the scene as a whole that I really do like is the fact that there's always pteranodons or something flying in the sky. It just gives it this real atmosphere, this world. But yeah, this feels is weird. The T-Rex looks cool. The T-Rex has some feathering or phenofibers, right? It has feathers, like, yeah. fluff all over it. Um, it, to me, looks like the Jurassic World uh, T-Rex, but is, it, at least in this sequence, like with the smaller, it looks like it has a smaller head. It's something like a something seems to be a little different with it, but yeah, yeah, it looks very. The thing I would have liked to see them do is I would have liked to see them put lips on it just so like it looked a little more different than its uh, Jurassic iteration. You know what I mean? Like big bright red lips. Yes, lips. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss, kiss the Giga. Calm but uh, so, something I think that that would have been like help it look like even a little bit more different. Uh, but anyhow, so, so then they fight. Yeah, so I'm not a dinosaur guy. My point um, in regards to the, the 30 million years and the difference and, you know. Um, okay, so people, this has been a really big argument and I think people are really losing sense with it and not really understanding the issue as a whole. It's not an issue. It's like you, you they, they, people are defending it and saying it doesn't matter by saying, yeah, well, the Jurassic Park movies have always been inaccurate. It's like, yeah, but they can kind of get away with it, right? Because they're bringing... That's the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movies. That's a world... It's our world, but where on a tangent where they brought back dinosaurs in the 90s and genetic engineering is far further ahead than what they show us it is now. Yes. Yeah. So, they're reconstructed iterations. Scientific inaccuracies like the Spinosaurus as we know well, now is a drastically looking different creature and didn't well, do the things that it did it's still okay because we don't know how they built the spiner right so you've got the kind of like loophole of like well ingen could have could have done something weird with it and and it, it, it's a spiner but not a real spiner well keep in mind i mean the movies have gone out of their way to tell us that the real dinosaurs are different than the film dinosaurs multiple times Right, multiple so they, times. They they, they've made they've made a very big emphasis to saying like, "Hey, the real dinosaurs will look very different." That's something that Wu illustrates very strongly and emphasizes very much in the first Jurassic World. You so can't now that the, da, 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 without the corresponding traits, of, everybody knows that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, he he says something to that. Some of these animals would look very different if you wanted the real thing, but you didn't want the real thing. You wanted more teeth. Um, yeah. So the movies, best bits. the movies have um, gone out of their way many, His many times. Best bits. 
Um, the movies have gone out of the ways many, many times to say, hey, no, dinosaurs in the real, you know, in the real times were different. And, you know, these are the reconstructions. So the problem is, is they came back and decided to show us that time period. But then yeah, they didn't. They, play, they played it. fast and loose with the roles. And at the, so if you're going to show the time period of the age of the dinosaurs, it, the novelty, it would just be so much more fascinating if you actually showed us the time period of the dinosaurs because they're basically just now they're just doing what they do during the modern day. So it's sort of like, why does it exist even? Do you know what I mean? Like, what does it achieve? It's no, it just convolutes the entire goal and yeah, the no, entire vision of the that. footage. It just lacks sort of. If, if they go back 65 million years to show us the, the actual time period of the dinosaurs, which in itself is an awesome idea for a Jurassic movie, I think. Why haven't we gone back that far yet? Because that's the origins of everything, right? Um, if they're going to go back and show us that time period, goddamn, it should be accurate. It should at least be... It should be as accurate as they like as, as, they, as accurate as like that makes sense. At least you know what yeah. I mean. Like, like, like I'm not saying like the Ovi or like making things like the Ovi Raptor steal an egg. Like you said yourself, it could have done that very much so. So maybe it was just a bad choice of choosing to only show it doing that. But the dinosaurs that never existed together and on yeah, the anachronisms of yeah, and the intention for it because they want to a grudge match in the like in the modern movie it doesn't need to just exactly this sequence just doesn't work it just feels like the kind of cartoony silliness t-rex is getting so overused too you could have just shown the giga fighting another giant dinosaur to establish that the giga is a scary dinosaur yeah it's gonna kill things and everybody everybody who's watching this franchise knows the t-rex is the king so so there's a few things they could have done this introduced the giganotosaurus and they could have really done something just to show it like man this was a scary dinosaur oh what is this this is new but we've never seen one of these you know and the music is like dun 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 or they could have shown us the t-rex in its day and age doing its thing and then getting bit by the mosquito that's the problem is this footage tries to suddenly do like 20 different things like i don't really know what its goal was was it an origin story for the t-rex is it setting up a grudge match for the giganotosaurus and t-rex which is silly that's like some kaiju like like oh genetic memory like again that's just like come on guys like let's not go that route or was it supposed to be a real real look into the history of dinosaurs and be something like a refreshing look because it's not it's like sort of it's losing it's it's like kind of doing a jack of all trades, master of none thing. Um, it's sort of losing this whole sequence of the fight. Just I don't like this fight. I just in yeah, the Giganotosaurus design just isn't good. The arms are like these long little goblin arms. They look so weird. Um, the T Rex looks good, but it, the T Rex looks good. It, yeah, the fight is kind of like the. I just don't know what the point the is. There's fight. Like, why do we have the mosquito land on the T? It just it does too many things. It should have stuck. It should have stuck with one thing. It just sort of lacks. It lacks direction here. It's yeah. like it's trying to, you know, it's trying to do too many things at once, and it's not committing. It's, like it's not committing to any. Like, yeah, it's just not committing to any one thing. This beautiful scene and all these different species, and just showing you the world without interfering with it. And then they're like, "And we need a big dino fight, big big hey. dino fight." It's just trying to do too much also. It's not really playing by its own rules. It's sort of losing some of the magic of, like, the magic of the scene of it being, like, oh, it's a real look at the age of the dinosaurs falls apart if you know anything about dinosaurs. And I get it. Not everybody does, but plenty of people do. And, again, that's sort of the novelty. Whether or not you knew about it or you didn't know about it, people are now telling you about it. So, yeah, it's no longer, now you know, hey, this isn't realistic to the age of the dinosaurs. So, again, I think it comes down to the fact of being, like, if you're going to show it, do it right at least as close to right this is a really big mm. 
And we just don't need to set up a grudge match between two Titanic dinosaurs. Dinosaurs have fought constantly. Fans are always like, oh, there's a new big bad. I wonder what would happen if it fights the T-Rex. I mean, that the movies sell that point on its own. It didn't need I think, to show us that in the intro, especially yeah. or in this scene, especially if it is something that's going to happen later in the movie. With, you're kind of like, just save, save it. Build yeah. hype for that fight. Don't I, fight early on. Yeah, I, but, so the T-Rex comes down. It lands. You see its eye. It's dead. And then, yeah, this is when the mosquito lands on the T-Rex, right? Yeah. So mosquito lands on the T-Rex, which is the poster. It begins drawing the blood through the the skin. Plates. As I do. Um, and you're kind of left wondering, wait, is this the original mosquito that started the whole thing? Is this the mosquito we see? in Jurassic Park, the one they extract the T-Rex DNA from. And it's nice to think. I don't think it's confirmed, but I definitely I, hinted at it. Colin's talked about it in a couple of interviews. It's like, are we seeing the... Yeah, I think Colin said... That, I think that, Colin said this is the the T-Rex's mosquito. Oh, he confirmed it. Okay, yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. This T-Rex right here is, you know, T-Rex Zero, right? This is the original T-Rex that makes the Jurassic Park roberta rex rexy yeah yeah i don't know it's it's so it's so convoluted though i would have been really cool just to see a t-rex living in its world and not fighting a giganotosaurus sexy rexy and getting bit by a mosquito i don't know this this footage this end bit i don't really understand what its direction was and what its point was no Um, i loved it it, though so the mosquito bites draws some blood flies away and the giga just like walks off that was another yes. thing. Why didn't the Giga like eat it? Eat its prey or <laughs> do anything? <laughs> Just uh, yeah. Um, and that's when we hit modern day. So yeah. that I mean, as a sixty-five million years ago scene. Again, if you don't know anything, Be- about beautifully dinosaurs. shot. Beautifully shot. Gorgeous. I just think that the whole the whole T Rex Giganotosaurus sequence was a little clumsy. Just like from things like putting the iguanodon in it, the actual the fact that these animals are never together, the Giganotosaurus design being Giganotosaurus. Yeah, th- that, like that whole sequence feels a little weird. It does not feel as tight as everything Contrast else. A little bit too. Yeah, yeah, everything that comes before it is so clean and, and planet earthy, but it's a. Uh, it's great to see. Uh, and then we cut, so we cut to modern day and this, this is a cool scene. Um, the, you, if I remember correctly, you, you see a helicopter with a searchlight flying towards what looks like a city. You can see a city in the distance yeah. and, uh, it's chasing. Oh, you, d- doesn't it say 65 million, 65 yeah. million years later. Yeah. In uh, funnily enough in a new font, which that new font is something that they used in the marketing as well. They've used. Oh, is that the, uh, bodega fans black with a new one? Yeah. So they've, uh, they've got a new font that they've actually, it looks like they've added from our research. They've added the inline. So they've added the line through it. That doesn't, the font doesn't come like that. So they've either made a custom font or each time they use it, they add the lines in. (laughs) But it I would isn't imagine the font, the Jurassic World font, and it isn't the Jurassic Park font. It is a brand new font, um, which kind of looks like a cross of the two, and it's nice from memory because it's in the. They use it in other places. They use it in Evolution. Right? Yes, yeah, it seems to be the new font. So the helicopter's flying through, and you realize the helicopter is chasing a modern day Tyrannosaurus Rex, who you learn is Sexy Rexy. It's and the original Rex, right? And what's interesting is the helicopter has a U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, 
badge on it. Yes, which is what we speculated from. Well, we talked about when we were talking about Evolution Two, right? Yeah, yeah. The, that's the same uh, logo that's on the same vehicles logo. in Evolution Two. So they're hunting. They're trying to track down this T Rex, which is uh, making its way through a dense forest, which is in the Pacific Northwest. It appears. Um, they cool. shot this stuff in Canada. This was some of the first stuff they filmed. No. Well, okay. maybe. Okay. No, <laughs> they might have filmed some of it, but the drive-in was shot in the UK. Oh, that's right. The drive-in was in the UK, but I think the wasn't the. Uh, it could have been like some of the aerial shots and whatnot were filmed in Canada. Yeah, like, I just think the aerial and maybe the jungle stuff with the wrecks, but they yeah, the, the forestry and whatnot might have been there. But yeah, yeah. The, the actual drive-in itself, uh, which were which they you know were the T Rex bust in that was shot in the UK, very yeah, close to where so they filmed the Lockwood Manor. Yeah, you see helicopter, you see the T Rex running through the jungle, well, through the forest, and then you you cut and you get that this has been gift already. People have gift this up on twitter uh it's the it's like an ad uh well it's oh like, yeah so that plays and you realize you're at a drive-in you see some cars you see people parked up you see people you see sat. some people in like the back of a truck eating stuff it back looks like El camino yeah um, it looks like one of those uh movie theater commercials where like it's like get a cool refreshment at the blah 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 like the way that it's yeah. filmed there is really there's a few cutaways in this that are a little awkward yeah um, so but overall i really love this oh season. it's beautiful so it's- from that you see the cars and then i if i recall correctly you see the kid right yeah the kid colin's kid this is yeah this is colin's colin's kid um and the view, so he turns, he whips his head towards the camera, and the shadow covers him, right? I think. The reaction is so good, the way the kid just stares up, and he takes this, like, gasp. Um, I, I think it's a great reaction. And then you see the king, or queen. She yes. is the queen. This the queen. This is um, Sexy Rexy, who here at the In General Podcast, we, we totally stan. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, um, so the T Rex is she's attacking well that's just that she's been chased into basically a populated area and now she's sort of like just reacting to everything and everyone's reacting to her. And it's a pretty yeah. cool freaking scene. In terms scene. of the- she, Yeah, she walks through, she kind of rocks some cars, people are running, screaming, some people have made it under their cars to be like she won't get us under here. Everybody knows that. Um We've seen Jurassic World, right? Owen saved it by going under mm-hmm. a car from the Indo. Rex. It's kind of funny that people went under the car rather than inside the car. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you get people in the back of the El Camino with the T-Rex behind them. Oh, there's that weird kissing scene. <laughs> the kissing scene is so weird, and it's mainly because I feel like those might have been two different extras who never met one another before they had to do the kissing scene because they're, it is the most unnatural-looking kissing I've ever seen in my life. It is so, like, how did that make the final cut type of, like... Remember? <laughs> I... Uh, yeah, I remember laughing at that. And then the T-Rex... that. that they're too busy sucking each other's faces off that they don't see the T-Rex directly ahead of them. The T-Rex does this awesome roar with the Is that when it's backlit? Yeah, the projection light is like hitting it. It's just so cool. You see the T-Rex up close. Um, it's There's a lot of play with shadows and reflections in so, this scene. Which let's talk really about nice. the fact that this is the new T-Rex design. Yes. 
So yeah, so it does some more shit, it rolls over, and then you see this awesome shot of the T-Rex wide roaring, doing its Jurassic Park breakout pose. You gotta admit, that's a, it's cool to see that again. It's like yeah, the breakout no. pose. Oh, also someone gets hit by a car, which is really fun. Love that, yeah, excellent. Yeah. You see people taking pictures, if I remember correctly, somebody's got their cell phone up. Um, but yeah, the T-Rex roars, and I mean, she's changed. Yeah, she's thicker. Um, her skin is like the colors and whatnot are actually like much more true to Jurassic Park. So the eyeshadow is very, very dark and very contrasty. Like there's the contrast on the face. There's the darker, there's the darkness on the top of her with some light, some like kind of hints of light striping. Uh, her underbelly is light and muted rather than just kind of being uniform, like yellowish brown. There's actually a lot of complexity to the color. Her arms are in entirely new positions, different than Jurassic World or Jurassic Park. Um, they're scientifically accurate now which is really interesting but it looks great and doesn't even look unnatural like it doesn't even feel different if that makes sense like it just looks entirely right she um looks like the chronicle collectibles breakout t-rex yeah that pose right there is very similar (laughs) no but she does look really good and she's a lot darker like you said the eyeshadow she looks aged she looks Um, more t-rex that's been through it a little bit yeah and Um, but it's not entirely the jurassic park Yeah, yeah, yeah. The throat is like kind of big and thick. It's not entirely the Jurassic Park design either. She has the Jurassic World teeth. Uh, some of the roundness of the snout and the lower jaw is still very true to Jurassic World. So it's still very naturally a Jurassic World T Rex. It just somehow feels a lot more consistent with Jurassic Park. I believe that the eye crest is slightly different, a lot more like Jurassic Park. There's just, like a few subtle changes, like a lot of the tiny little subtleties that were like kind of like structural anomalies that just weren't correct and true to Jurassic Park seem to have been tweaked and she's she's chunkier again which is pretty easy to understand like a t-rex can gain and lose weight so that's not really like a retcon but there are some changes to the design but that's you know most of them are fixing the old changes and then some yeah, are very positive and it like it, it just it looks in this scene it's great she looks, implementation. She looks the best he's looked ever honestly the scene is shot really well as well i think i feel um yeah um i just yeah it just is implemented well the lighting's really nice And then you have the uh, T-Rex. There's a cool aerial shot then with the T-Rex where they're looking at it from the helicopter and trying to shoot with the Trank gun. And uh, that's another great shot where you can really see that she looks so true to Jurassic Park. And then they miss the T-Rex and they smack them. Um, they end up smacking uh, They end up smacking some people in a car. Which is funny because that shot of it in the glass is something that's almost one of the first things Colin Upload did. Yeah. They shot this before the pandemic happened, which is really interesting. So I remember that shot of the, of the trank dark kind of thing that they're trying to, Oh man, the T-Rex is just, T-Rex looks so good. Yeah. I remember it looking really nice. I remember them firing on it. Cause you see the T-Rex, you see it in a couple of like focus shots, you know, it's just a shot of the T-Rex, you know, roaring or whatever. But most of the time you see it through something or, or above something or around something or, you know, through the helicopter. And I think it's so good. Yeah. It's been, the, it's oh yeah. The, the camera doesn't feel like a flying camera with like er, all the camera movements always feel real. There always seems to be a point of view that's understandable to the audience. And it really adds to a sense of scale and believability to the sequence. The way that it's filmed is, this is, I mean, honestly, the cinematography here is way better than fallen kingdoms. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it's funny how they went from Oscar Four and Fallen Kingdom back to John Schwartzman, who shot the first one. And I was so disappointed that that was happening. I wanted the guy who shot Battle of BABR. I wanted um, 
him back. Um, but uh, yeah, John uh, Schwartzman. Looks like John Schwartzman knew he knew. I think him and Colin shared a vision, and yeah, they are executing on it. They if this yeah. footage is anything to go by, and this footage is shot very differently than the opening stuff, which was very planet earthy. But between these two moments, I get the feeling that this is going to be the best looking Jurassic film, to be honest with you. And at least in terms of like, it might not be Spielbergian in terms of some of its very decisive camera movements, but I get the feeling this movie is going to be gorgeous. It seems to yeah. have learned. It seems to have learned from the classic Jurassic films. It seems to have learned a little bit from like what uh, Bayona brought on screen, and then it just, it takes it to a different place. And yeah, I love it's it. its own thing. It seems to be standing up. And if Colin yeah. said a while ago this is the movie he really wanted intended to make from the get-go then uh, so far everything we're seeing i'm down for that i'm down for seeing what colin intended to make <laughs> so yeah. we see title cards next summer we see and then this was all detailed in the footage you see uh what appears to be like iphone footage from inside a car at night the and you see some yeah some gallimimus just like run do they, yeah, they sort run of like they seem to be then run they seem to maybe be like in a road or something like that i don't know but yeah there's a few of them there seems to be like oncoming headlights and they just it's like the way like deer get in the middle of the road and then like panic and run. Yeah, or maybe, so maybe it's tied to the T-Rex. I don't know. So next summer rule, you see a different angle of the battle at big rock scene. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's shot from inside one of the other campers again, like through the point of view or maybe someone else's camera footage. Um, but yeah, it yeah, seems to be shot. The, the tipping over of the, of the camper from the Allosaurus. Yeah. Um, Dino- and then it says next summer rule the earth which is a weird tagline not dinosaurs yeah. rule the earth next summer rule the earth okay Just rule it i'll rule Just the go, earth next summer hey queen you rule the yeah. earth yeah it sounds like it, it's like the tagline for like loki or something like you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. and then you glorious purpose. everybody's favorite dinosaur that isn't a dinosaur it's a marine reptile chris i'll have you know it is the <laughs> mosasaurus um the one that has been in the oceans for six years now maybe uh, more i it's been in the oceans for some time but uh, it's it also seems to be less kaiju size now it seems to look better than ever and it's eating some crabs off of a fishing boat um yeah. and that's a really cool scene and again beautifully it shot launches out of the water grabs the crabs off the boat if i remember crunches it and then it the yeah. scene ends and you get uh, so we get the Dominion logo, uh, which doesn't have any text. It's the Dominion logo that was dropped on the first poster, but it's illuminating from behind, and it's got a yeah. bit of an animation to it. It's very nice. Experience it in IMAX June twenty second, uh, June twenty twenty two, and that's it. Yes, um, that is the scene, and it sh- so you get the majority prehistoric. And then you get a little bit of modern day tease of what this movie is going to show. Yeah, both and both look very different, but both are gorgeous. The way that even gorgeous. the way the T Rex moves, her 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 movements and animations seem to be very naturalistic, much like the opening footage. Like there seems to be logic behind the things that she's doing. She's reacting to her environment. She doesn't just make. She isn't making just like a beeline and attacking people. She's sort of like. She's acting like an animal. So I have a lot of faith about this. Like as much as like I was going in about how much I don't like that T-Rex versus Giganotosaurus scene for scientific reasons on top of just like the the filmmaking itself seems to be a little Yeah, it, it seems to lack seems to lack direction. It doesn't know what it wants to do with that scene. It just seems to be very awkward. But then you get this T-Rex scene in a crazy action sequence and 
it does not lack direction. It, it no, knows exactly it what just, it wants to do. It's so yeah. confident and it's so well shot. Um, I think Colin's going to surprise us. It doesn't want to be there. It got chased into there. It dealt with the situation, rolled over a few cars, and Jimmy the fuck out. Like, it, yeah, like it's, she, you know, and then it cuts and it's great, but she left. It's, uh, it's executed so well. It's shot really nicely. That scene is put together so well, except that kiss is really awkward. The, yeah, um, that's like the like, – there's a few sort of cheesy – stop with the kissing. Uh, I mean, he needs to stop with the kissing scenes because at no point do they ever work. And the, I know that this one was meant to be funny, but like it was like – it was also, I don't necessarily think we need each other's faces off and not But do we way. really need funny in – in an opening sequence of like these movies, like, you know, Jurassic park had its moments of levity, but not like that. And I, you know, I get it. It's a different time. And Hey, it's not just a different time. Colin's a different person. He's putting his style on the film. So whatever. Sure. I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to complain about it too much, it's but it is not, for me. It's a, I could have done without it. that one. Yeah, absolutely. It's just cause it comes off as awkward. You're like, wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, no great scene overall. I, I enjoyed it. I thought, um, as you know, paying to see an IMAX movie and paying to see Fast Nine, something I never would have paid to see. Uh, probably, I mean, worth it. I'm glad that. to be back. Well, I was glad to be back in theaters. The last movie I saw before everything went down was freaking Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog to Fast Nine, neither one was like a great theatrical experience, but I'm just glad to be back in theaters. I want to go see uh, Quiet Place 2. Um, Dude, quite a- it's so good. It's so good, but it's, um, it's not like... Not as good as the first. Fair. I, I think I'll yeah. still be happy. But, it, but that's the kind of movie you want to go to the cinema for, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was great to be back at cinemas. And IMAX is a whole other experience. If you've been lucky enough to ever go to one, you My problem is I don't really have a real IMAX in Pittsburgh. You have to kind of go far to get to a real one. So I didn't even see it in, like, a real proper IMAX. What was it? Like an No, I mean, IMAX it's an IMAX. Line. It's just the screen. I've got screens that aren't IMAXs that are in more modern theaters that are larger than our IMAX. Yeah, that's true. The one I went to wasn't huge, huge. It did wrap around you a bit, but I've been to the IMAX, the BFI, you know, in London, and that's like absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it, for people, if you know Pittsburgh, the AMC waterfront, you know, the Lowe's waterfront, that IMAX screen, you know, it's old projectors, old lights. The screen isn't very big. Like, I'd much rather go to like the Cinemark XDs, which are like actual really beautiful screens, big, great sound systems, great lighting. Uh, yeah, anyhow. Yeah, it's neither here nor there, but yeah, IMAX sort of loses its novelty when it's not upkept. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end, and you're paying. The thing is, you're paying for it too. There's a big price difference. Um, But I I would encourage you if you're debating whether to go see this scene or not, hoping it's going to come online or something like that. If you can spare the cash, I would genuinely just get some friends to go. F nine. You can at the end of the day. You can go. You try your luck, man. Just go there and try and sneak in. You probably can't because of COVID, but you can try and sneak in. If you can't sneak in, pay for your tickets, go in, go see F9, or, or sorry, go see the Dominion preview, come out. At this point, I don't think the footage is going to come online. I think that they might put more than just like the five seconds that's online or whatever. They might like do another like, like stay tuned for later this year for more from Jurassic World Dominion. Like we might get a few more moments in HD, which I hope we do. Cause I, again, I want some shots of that T-Rex. There's a few shots I'd love just to have in HD. They might cut a teaser, like a 30 second teaser out of all this footage. Well, but, I think um, the yeah. next step is, is, um, is there, it's a real teaser, like a real teaser slash trailer. Teaser, yeah, It's a trailer yeah. teaser kind of thing. I, I don't think this scene now, because the campaign for this scene, IMAX probably have an, IMAX may have paid 
to have this. And yeah. It, you know, I just, they're tied into it. It's not going to happen. It would have been online by now, I think. Um, I, it, it could be wrong, but I, I think... It's you very can, possible you they have haven't. ...to go see it, go see it. Because yeah, if, and if plus, you're a classic fan, this is gonna this is gonna make you feel good for a bit. Plus, on top of that, again, for what it's worth, this might be the only way you can see it in theaters because this might not some of that footage might not be in the final film, specifically no, the Cretaceous yeah. period era stuff. So, and, and it is important right now if you feel comfortable to go to a cinema, support and theaters the because because yeah, we're movies which like brings us back to the fact. And, yeah. Which brings us back to the fact that this should not have been tied to IMAX. It should have been all theaters. It should, should have been, been a proper. Yeah, it should have been a proper theatrical boost. But you know, IMAX probably gave him a fucking chunk of cash, though. Yeah, but still, like in the long run, does that matter? If you if you want theaters to come back strong, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but then does it, it matters to uni, right? I, I guess. I guess it, well, it, it matters in their short term. You know, they they made some money in the short term, but their long game. You know, if they want theaters to be successful, so their movies keep making money. Exactly. Yeah. You'd want to do. Yeah. Hey, you might not get as much money up front, but it might play the better long game. We talked about this. We talked about well, this might be one of many teasers with many Universal's upcoming tentpoles, and maybe seems, this is just the one that's IMAX. Maybe the next won't be. Perhaps it seems unlikely at this point, considering we know most of this footage was designed. This footage was designed for the movie and not as standalone. Because one of the things that we talked about is, what if it's something that they created, like Battle of Big Rock, but shorter, like that they filmed during the making of Dominion. Like maybe they filmed some other short films, and it's possible. We know that they have the sets. We know they have the animatronics. So we might get some Big Rock like one, or I'd love if they're Big Rock like one offs for like theatrical advertising uh, that sort of work as standalones. Almost just advertising um, the franchise and the world that the next movie is going to be in, like Battle yeah. of Big Rock does. I think. Yeah, if they put about so a four minute counters and you if know, they put a even, four minute short in front of like um, all the big tent pools that Universal has, which is like four between now and Dominion, that'd be kind of fun, you know. Like every so many months, like there's like a sl- small new short before a film, um, but that would have had to been play- planned ages in advance. I'm betting that didn't happen because with COVID, also. Just filming was more difficult, uh, so yeah. it's but the, the it likelihood cool? is small. Wouldn't it be cool if they got the Battle at Big Rock short film back in cinemas? Everybody's seen that. Everybody's seen it on YouTube. But if you're just going to see any generic Universal movie, and all of a sudden Battle at Big Rock almost, plays ahead of it, it would be cool. But it's almost too long. How long is it? About eight minutes. About eight minutes. I feel like that's a little too long for a surprise short. You know what I mean? We did talk about this actually. Um, I tweeted about this. Um, I, tweeted I feel like four Colin. minutes is like the golden. My my uh, fan film from way back in the day when I was a kid, Prime Survival. Um, up until I think February of this year, it might have been earlier than that. Had more was, views uh, than us. Still in the lead. Yeah, it was uh, had more views than Battle of Big Rock. But now Colin has taken over. So I feel we bad were- because. Battle of Big Rock, like, yeah, sure, that's a decent amount of views it's gotten. That was a decent amount of views yours had. But Battle of Big Rock should have had way more views. Yeah, it's weird. It yeah, wasn't it really supported. A long time to get to that point, and that point alone is... They kind of released it and then forgot about it. And, like, they never really... There wasn't much fanfare. That's why it should I, come back in cinemas. Because people... Yeah, would, but it's just so... It's too long. But yeah. Cinemas. Battle of Big Rock, I don't know. I almost feel like they should have tied it to like Netflix having it or something along those lines, and maybe or it just it was such a good idea, but it's like it was half baked on how they were going to support it and what was the purpose of it. Um, was it Dominion marketing? I don't know because it didn't really. I, it seems like it was only the super fans and like I don't I I don't you know what I mean like 
Battle of Big Rock, it's like they had an idea and then they never figured out exactly how to like make it hit, hit wide audiences or support the films the way it could have. Yeah. But uh, well, they, the toys were in stores months before it released. Anyway, yeah, because like, the, the toys from Battle of Big Rock, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, they hadn't announced Battle of Big Rock. There was, this, yeah. you know, Nasuta Cretaceous, right? The toys from Camp Cretaceous on Netflix. Everyone's like, "What well, the fuck is that?" At least <laughs> with that, in that case, they had announced the show. True, they had it. It's like if, the, yeah. the big rock one was was smaller. The big rock one, they were trying to pretend like it didn't exist. They're like, oh nope, and like they even put out press releases like we kept this thing an entire secret. And I'm like, nah. Mattel <laughs> gave it away. At, Mattel <laughs> gave it at toy gave it away at Toy Fair in February. The toys hit shelves around May, and it's now like September. Like I understand that the goal was to make it a secret, but it wasn't a secret. So don't pretend like it was a secret. Yeah. Like it, all, all like the press outlets were pretending like they were doing the interviews. Like you kept this an entire secret. And I'm like, bullshit. You know, you know that it wasn't kept. Stop. Stop. I get it. Like there's marketing synergy. They probably have an exclusive deal, but like it didn't happen. So don't lie about it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. very anal. Exactly. I am super anal about like, look, it's either you don't touch it. Or you you say it as it is, you know what I mean? It's like either don't mention, but don't don't do the mental gymnastics of pretending something happened the way it didn't happen. I don't know, yeah. but that that's it's movie journalism. Movie it, journalism but... as a whole is a lot of a uh, lot of not real journalism. To be honest with you, it's a lot of marketing deals, and the film studios do too much business with the journalistic outlets. So I honestly don't think there's even the trades. I feel like are a bunch of bullshit. They're mostly studio mouthpieces, and it, you know mm-hmm. they pay for their pieces, and just none of it feels right. I don't know. Movie journalism needs real journalism, but I don't really care about that so much anyhow. But all, I don't know. Tangent no, aside. We'll, I don't we'll always keep it real here at Jurassic Outpost. We'll, we'll tell you how much we hate something. And I goddamn Ooh. hate Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> 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 but no, I think great scene. If you get the chance, go see it. And um, yeah, me, uh, Chris and I wanted to kind of just break it down and go through it now that we've both had the chance to see it. And now that people have had a couple of weeks to go see it. Um, and yeah, I think it's very cool. And if you, if you look at the franchise as a whole right now, I mean, we've got Dominion coming out next year. But we've got Camp Cretaceous. Camp Cretaceous. Right I think we're that coming from what we've heard. Yeah, from what we heard, it's December. Yeah, um, and you've got the Evolution announcement. Evolution's coming out at the end of this year. Evolution, very clearly, if you've seen the scene, very clearly ties to Dominion, and we know that mm-hmm. just purely based on the freaking helicopter that's in it. Yeah, um, there's a lot that ties in, and this franchise is, is ever growing. Uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, the Return of the In General podcast for the ninth time. Uh, will be good because we have a nice run-up now for some really big projects. There's a lot that we can talk about. I think that we can maybe do an episode even on like where do we think uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous will go with season four, which of course oh, we think it's... Yeah. Season but we can just say discussion. we can say right now, before we get into it specifically in our own episode, it's totally going to Sorna. Right? I, think it's, I think it's going to... You know what, Chris? I think season four is going to Isla Sorna. You know I what? what I, think you think. I, think, I think it's going to, I think it's going to Isla Sorna. You think it's going to Isla Sauna? Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you think that. Uh, no, I think it's going to Isla Sauna. Oh, I th- that's a good. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> I think it's going to site B. Site uh, <laughs> B. B. I mean, there are two dinosaurs with islands on them. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's go. Yeah, I think Karen is going to site B, but we we yeah we will do it's an its episode, episode on yeah. that. Um, with our resident Camp Cretaceous fan, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I just do want to say, like, immediately as soon as we both saw season three, we're both like, "Next season's going to uh, Sorna, right?" We're both yeah. like, 
most yeah it was kind of obvious they're on the but you're like oh so they get off the island so that's the end of the show it's like nah nah it's got to go to they need to go forward (laughs) and not backwards so but they also need to keep the show with dinosaurs uh so it's got to go to uh, yeah and also yeah and bro here's here's one more thing before we leave it going they keep saying that uh camp cretaceous is going to tie to jurassic world dominion do you remember what one of the first things that colin released images from Jurassic World Dominion that Colin released. It was the it was the container from Isla Sorna. Dun dun dun! So and in Dominion, I, when they open that container, it's full of the kids. So and it's yeah. All, what, well, what's left of them? What's only the parts I didn't like? Wow. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, no. So I do think that Sorna is going right. to be. I think Sorna is going to you know have a little bit to do with Dominion, and I think that Camp Cretaceous will play with that. That's yeah. Honestly, it makes sense. It makes sense, or the Scorpius is like what's going to be in Dominion, but I feel like Sorna is going to be the, is going to be the key, or at least it's going to have some uh, some deep lore, some deep cuts where you go ah, yeah. But we'll talk about that, and it will become more obvious. But yeah, yeah, let's save that for our Camp Cretaceous episode of the In General. And the In General back, there's going to be so much to talk about. There is so much to talk about. So um, let us know in whatever platform you're listening to this on. Let us know in the comments. What you thought of the scene, if you got the chance to see it, what you thought of the Giga versus T-Rex death match, the battle of the death, um, uh, and what you think might happen over the next couple of months too. Do you think there'll be more teasers? Do you think this tease will make it online? Um, and uh, yeah, just let us know what you're excited for in the franchise. I'm excited for Dominion. I'm excited for Evolution 2. Uh, I am excited for Camp Cretaceous Season 4 because I know that that's going to be... I mean, season three was great, so I'm looking forward to season four. There is so much look to, to uh, look forward to, and as always, Jurassic Outpost can be a good hub to get that information down. We have a team of solid, excellent, top-notch uh, writing staff, uh, including Derek, Mr. Derek Davis himself. Yeah, Mr. Derek Davis himself. Um, not, who, not an imposter. No, the real Derek Davis. We finally got him. We've had like three fakes. That, that got, was awkward. That was so weird having to be like, oh, okay, it's not the real one. Um, but yeah, Derek Davis is the guy who spends the majority of his time getting John Hammond audio together um, for Jurassic Time. And I think yes. most people have probably seen, heard, listened to Jurassic Time. but it's Or like it's, heard sound bites of it at least, yeah. yeah it's from the Trespasser lore and you've got Richard Attenborough's voiceover. And, um, I don't that, need Trespasser to be canonical, but what I do want is that all that uh, audio to be canonical. Yeah. I, I would love if the film sound a way to... such a great origin of Sauna and, and the hurricane the films, and everything. It seems like such a great thing to tap into for the films because barely anybody's experienced it, and it's a great way to continue John Hammond's story through new content. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, give John 100%. Hammond... John Hammond deserves one more... He deserves a good statement within the films. His voice deserves a good statement. He needs to have something to say, and all of that dialogue from Trespasser is a perfect place to tap into. Truly, truly is. And even the stuff Derek uncovered, a load of audio that was never in the game, yeah. was hidden in the game files and stuff. And I, I, I could be wrong, but discovered even audio that wasn't in the game files and managed to get it from somewhere else, demos and things like that. So there's some really cool stuff that Derek's done. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Derek's been smashing out some articles. That was my point. Um, JurassicOutpost.com for all your news and information. Obviously, you may be on the YouTube channel now if you're listening to this on YouTube. We have been smashing out videos um to try and keep everybody up to date on what we know 
And um, a little tidbit, a little bit for you. We know some stuff and we subtly throw that stuff into videos under the guise of, could it be this? But it's actually truth. We're spitting truths, Chris. We'll just stay. Uh, you got to read between the lines. Um, I'll read between your lines. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I have no comeback. <laughs> um, but see we have a great team of people keeping you up to date so as always now, now i'm wondering about what place to go i'm actually wondering about what videos you're referencing now now i'm like do i need to come through these videos and see what truths have been spat <laughs> we just like i send yeah we, we go through the final script and then i quickly make some modifications i'm like just <laughs> <chuck this in." laughs> between each uh, line the lophosaurus <laughs> is back <laughs> Cryolophosaurus. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been retconned as Cryolophosaurus. You can just hear, like, there's echo. I, I build a whole soundscape in the background behind my audio voiceover, and it's just me whispering, like, secrets of the upcoming season four takes place on East Lozona. I don't know for a fact, just to be clear, we really don't know for a fact, but, like, no, I I would joking. bet. I would bet so much on it. Like, I, I am so confident. So I am so confident about it that, like, I feel like I know for a fact, but, like, genuinely, I'm not sure. But, like, I'm willing to basically say, yes, it's absolutely Sorna. Leave it I'd be, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Back. I'd be shocked if I was wrong. I'd be shocked. I mean, it's not like I'm. everyone's thinking it. Like, literally everyone's thinking it's it. It's so. got to be Sauna. It it's to got to be Sauna. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let us know what you think Season 4 is going to do. And let us know what you think if you got a chance to see the Dominion preview in the comments down below on whichever platform you're listening on. But thank you very much for listening to the In General podcast. Uh, we're going to keep these going. Um, hopefully, the intention is the run-up to Dominion. is going to yeah. be a big one. And Yeah, maybe we can do the, uh, the Sauna episode. The Sauna episode. <laughs> the Camp Cretaceous episode. Maybe we can do it next week. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's get her done. There is right. a lot to talk about and a lot to uh, do, but stay tuned. And uh, yeah, it's a great time to be a Jurassic fan once again. We have some uh, really exciting things coming out. Chris, thank you for joining me, my man. Oh, any, any anytime. Anytime. Okay. Can you do? Can you do another one in five minutes? Yeah. Okay. Cool. All, All right. right. See you. Bye. <laughs> All right. I'll catch you on the next one. And uh, yeah, we're, we're. I guess. We're approaching episode 100, so in, in 10 episodes time, we I guess we need to do something special. We could like do a, we could do it live. We, we, we could do like another Fuck. hot tub. We can we'll do like another live. hot tub one. Did we do a oh. podcast in the hot tub? We didn't do a podcast in the hot tub. We just enjoyed it. It was a live stream. <laughs> oh, no, we <laughs> did do the live stream. In God, where were we in California? Oh, I don't know. It was a random like motel. I can't even, yeah, I can't remember the name of the town. It was like not really a t- it was like one of those towns that's not a town. Like why are you mm-hmm. classifying this as a town? It's it's nothing. It's just a motel. But it was that was that was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll go back to that town. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll do something fun. But uh, yeah. Thank you for listening to the In General Podcast and Chris, I will catch you on the next one. Until next time. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>